Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 241 of Game Time with Manny. As always, I am here with Matt. Yes, hello. Um, This is our 2023 Game of the Year categories podcast where we do the categories. Uh, Yeah, we have have our 10 categories. Yeah. One of them I could not fill, and I was going to ask if... Maybe next year we should remove it because I feel like for you and me, we never fill the category. Oh, uh, now I'm curious which one it is. Best multiplayer. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> because I looked at my list and while there were a bunch of multiplayer games on it, I only played two of them multiplayer. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm, that I'm like... pretty much in the same boat. So I don't know. I mean, we can keep it, I guess. It just was one of those funny things where I was like, oh, wow, I didn't. I mean, unless I guess I could have counted like. I kind of cheated. Unleashed 2. I kind of cheated. Chase. Oh, I guess party animals. Whatever. I'll write that on the list now. Anyways, I was just thinking of games I like beat. But sure. I, I did play several others now that I think about it. But I was just like, yeah, I don't know. I can think of two that you've played multiple. Oh, I can think of two as well. And those were the two I put on there. Okay. <laughs> but we normally do three. So I was like, ah, Armored Core did just get its multiplayer update. I did not play it. Uh, mm-hmm. And there was another one. Too. Oh, Mortal Kombat. I did not play online either, really. So. Yeah, I didn't touch the mortal of the online at all. I was too I, disappointed by that story. And I would not play Mario Wonder multiplayer to make it a worse experience. Uh, and there was another one where I was just like, yeah, I didn't play this multiplayer either. I guess Vampire Survivors multiplayer came out this year, but I did not play it either. Um, Apparently it's very good. Also, Is it? Yeah, people oh. said it like works really well and is super fun. So that's interesting. Yeah, even Diablo, like I played that. Yeah, I that was the other one. I was I only played by myself. I like I mean there were technically people around if you want to count that as multiplayer. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say Justin sent me a message. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And I responded to it, you know, multiplayer. Uh Uh-huh. Pokemon, that has multiplayer, I think, right? I guess I did trade with several multiplayer. <laughs> to get the DLC version exclusives, sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I refused to play actual multiplayer when the game asked me to. So, doesn't Pikmin have multiplayer? Uh, it does have co-op. Um, and I think I don't know. It does have like a weird battle mode now, but I don't know if you can only do that against the AI or not. Okay, because I only did it in the single player. So. Because it makes you. so. Yeah, but on the main menu, there is like play and then Dandori battle, which is the battle mode. So maybe it is split screen, I would okay. guess. Because the, the co-op is really weird and it just like makes one player the aiming reticle. Yeah, I thought it was just Mario Galaxy. Yeah, basically, except that it kind of breaks the game because they can aim way farther than you would normally be able to throw <laughs> Pikmin. <laughs> like they can aim anywhere. And it's like, well, that that literally destroys all of the game most of the ah, time. If you, so. if you play with like a three year old, I mean, it's probably no, yeah. But like, if we were playing together, it would be like, oh, 
I see the intended way to solve this puzzle. Why don't you just throw this Pikmin there so we don't have to solve it at all? Like, it's just bizarre. Manny, you and I would never play that multiplayer. That's true, but I'm just saying. Adult, yes. Two adults, it would be unstoppable madness. Sure, sure. <clears throat> Uh, so yeah i mean with that did you want to talk briefly about some of the games you had played you said you beat uh a video yeah, game i i uh, i put them on the list so we'll, we'll just kind of briefly talk about it but okay. i so we'll just kind of briefly go over the news which there's only really one piece of news i'll talk about a couple of games if you want to talk about a couple of games you've played and then we'll just kind of get into the categories it'll probably be a shorter episode in general for us yeah um well so for the for the news at least it was insomniac was hacked by a ransomware group they basically said they had 1.7 terabytes worth of data and if sony did not pay them two million dollars they would release the data sony said lol i'm not paying you two million dollars and then they did, in fact, have the data. They released it. This isn't like a lot of other hacks of this nature, obviously, because it was ransomed. Um, but also, not only did they release in uh, in production like footage of Insomniac games and like their long-term dev plan and things like that, they also got a lot of personal data of employees who work at Insomniac and used to work at Insomniac and no longer do so scans of passports driver's licenses social security numbers employment forms that also have a lot of that kind of personal information like social security numbers on it um and so that stuff is out there and they i I saw tweets from people who were like i haven't worked at insomniac in three years and i had to freeze my credit days Mm. before christmas merry christmas yeah and it's just like that kind of shit is the worst and As I have said before, I think that leaks of trailers and games in development, while it does hurt the developer to some extent, usually are not that big a deal. This is a lot different (laughs) than that. Like, it's a lot different than the trailer for your fucking game leaking a couple days early. This is like a long-term dev plan until 2032 people's livelihoods are at stake like it it's a lot different than than yeah this this is closer to what was it the esa with that yes on their website like it it, where like people's personal information kind of got out there Uh, yeah and Um, and it's scary for developers as well because like honestly like any little thing and then all of a sudden like people are sending them death threats and now people have access to like their addresses like this this is it's scary yeah, especially with all the stuff I've seen online of people being mad that Spider-Man 2 is so woke, you know, like mm. that that stuff is just buck ass wild. Um so yeah, like it do, it does suck and as I was talking about before, like there is footage of Wolverine out there and that game is not supposed to be out for another 2-3 years and people are like I don't think this looks that good because people don't understand the way video game development works and the way games come together. Uh, and also it's one of those things where like that entire plot is out there now. Are they going to like take longer to rework that? Are they just going to leave that the way it is? You know, it just, it sucks all around it in this, in this context, like it, it is awful. And I guess I won't talk about a lot of the other stuff that did leak, like their dev pipeline and stuff, even though some of that stuff might be exciting to me. 
it just seems like it just sucks. And yeah. I, I can't, I, I can't, you know, support it in, in any kind of good conscience because it just is an awful thing, especially to happen right before the holidays. None of these people at Insomniac really had anything to do with this, you know, like it just is fucking stupid and awful. So. I wonder if they even knew that like they were hacked until like like I'm talking about like the employees themselves that in the, yeah like, I don't know and Insomniac and this... only re- released a statement semi recently uh, within the past couple of days so um, so I'm just kind of wondering if they reached out to Sony and then like the the employees didn't even know and then it's like oh my personal information's out there that's cool yeah. And it also reinforces that cybersecurity is more important than it has ever been. So yeah, people need to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, greatly. Uh, which is crazy because, like, you think about when PSN was down for that long, like months, because they got hacked. So, anyways, yeah. Sony. That was a different kind of hack, but. It was, but like Sony, get your cybersecurity shit together. Also, yeah, so. I, yeah, <laughs> like multi multi million dollar company. Figure it out. Although, do you think if it's Sony or do you think that's on Insomniac? Say, like, I, it's it not depends. like Sony got it hacked. Insomniac is owned by Sony now, so I feel like they're if they have protections against stuff like that, it should go to their studios. But yeah, I guess I don't know how the but then like other studios works. weren't touched. And that's yeah. what makes me think that, like, like if this was, like, a Sony-wide thing, then, like, maybe that's on Sony. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it also... Sony it, does need to take everything, like, in more in-house and, like, have yeah. more control over it. It could know. also be one of those things where, like, they specifically targeted Insomniac because they would have the most interesting information to gain. Mm. I mean, unless you really want to see Ghost of Tsushima 2 or something. From I mean, Naughty Dog would bunch. be close, but Naughty like, Dog would they're... be. But like, what are they gonna find the eighth Last of Us two remaster? <laughs> exactly. So yeah. So yeah, that sucks. That's really the yeah. main news. I mean, it's it's a uh, holiday time, so a lot of game developers are going on break and things like that until the new year. So not not much to really go over in terms of that. Yeah, uh, well, which that that happened. We're probably not going to get much news, uh, even in January. January is just the month that we get delays. Yeah, that's when we'll start getting announcements that hey, this game's getting delayed. This game's getting delayed. This game's. Getting delayed. Oh, I guess there were two other things that I should say. Uh, okay. The Activision Blizzard sexual misconduct uh, trial with the state of California was settled for fifty million dollars, which. That sucks. Probably should have gone through because it seemed like there was a lot of issues there. And also, uh, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick is leaving on December 29th, which I had wondered if that was going to happen now that they are owned by Microsoft. Get Kotick out of there. Uh, And it's one of those things where it's like, yes, it is good that Bobby Kotick is being removed from the Activision Blizzard. uh, You know, but there was also information about how much he got paid and like, mm. Oh my God. It's just, <laughs> just like, what the fuck? These people are getting paid way too much for being shitty garbage humans. Like I don't, I can't grasp it. 
but that's how they had that's how they had to get him out of there i guess the activision blizzard will probably be better off so hopefully hopefully so yeah uh you said there was two is that it those were the two, yeah. Just that okay. that that lawsuit was basically dropped in terms of getting paid, and uh, Kodak is uh, he's out. Kodak is leaving, so yeah. All right, then uh, we'll just kind of transition to the games we've been playing. Do you want to talk about anything you've been playing? Um, I mainly had just bought nine hundred things on the Steam Winter Sale that I had been wanting okay. to buy for a while, so I won't really talk about any of those yet because I haven't played very much of them. Uh, I had determined that there were three games I wanted to beat by the end of the year that I hadn't yet, which were Mario Wonder, Pikmin 4, and Super Mario RPG's remake. I beat Mario Wonder, and I beat Pikmin 4, but then now there is like way more content than I'm like, oh, actually, this is tight. I'm going to keep playing it. So I've been playing a lot more Pikmin 4, but I did oh. beat Super Mario Wonder. Um, my opinion on it did not change greatly. I do still think it's a really good game. I just... I don't know. There's something about it that makes me not like it as much as I feel like I should. And I don't know what that is. Cause like the last two worlds in the final boss area were like really cool and well done, but I don't know. It's just, a, it's a weird thing. Yeah. I play it and I'm like, Oh, this is neat. This is kind of fun, but I never feel like I want to play it. Yeah. There's always other things I want to play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Pikmin 4 is incredible. And when I beat it, it was the funniest, least anticlimactic ending of all time. Like, this isn't even really a spoiler. The whole goal of the game is to rescue Captain Olimar. And like, mm-hmm. you find him, and then the game is over. <laughs> okay. There like was no like, I mean, I guess technically you like do a, one of the Pikmin battles against Olimar. And then, like, you just bring him back to your area, and they're like, all right, we're going to leave the planet now that we rescued Olimar. And I was like, this is funny for how awesome this game is. But, I mean, then there was like, oh, but wait, we have to go back to the planet. And now there's, like, four more areas. But the credits did roll, so, like, I did beat it. I just thought it was really funny that it was like, this is the least climactic ending I've ever seen in my life, I think. (laughs) Um, The game was just like, like, oh, it's over now. Yeah, we did what we said. And I was like, "I, I mean, that is true, but, like, nothing else uh so i assume even if i beat the rest of it there won't be some like super secret really cool ending but i just like playing it so that you know it's a good game overall so yeah that's that's what i've done um so i'll just briefly mention i've been just keep uh playing forza motorsport uh Mm -hmm. i'm really enjoying it i've been getting a lot better at it um but man, there's just so much. I, I sat down and just kind of figured it out. I still have to finish the uh, the story. I still have to get through or the campaign or whatever you want to call it. Like go through eighty different races or events. And I've I've already probably put in a good thirty to forty, which is which each event takes like 20, 30 minutes. So like it, I still have like a ton of content to just kind of keep playing through. So that this game, I'm gonna just keep uh, chipping away and playing uh for quite a while uh i'm still making my way through alan wake 2 mm-hmm. i'm i'm god the, the 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 story is just so goddamn interesting man <laughs> it's just i don't know like i'm kind of to the part where like i i'm playing as alan wake and i'm i'm, I'm you go into the writer's room and then you like 
change the scene and I, I think all of that is so cool and then you're like exploring the scene and like with different perspectives and i don't know it's very interesting i mean mm -hmm. it's it's really hard to kind of explain to people like what the game is you know yeah for sure and like if i if i tried to like explain this to like my sister of like what this game is like i do not think i could like comprehensively explain it no definitely not uh, but I'm still making my way through that. Uh, I started playing uh, The Great War, The Western Front, uh, earlier. Uh, I, I bought it a while ago on my old PC, but my old PC couldn't play it. Mm -hmm. I've been, uh, it's basically just like an RTS that's a lot like the Total War series. Uh, but this is, uh, you know, obviously one about uh, World War One. Uh, all I'm going to do is just read a review that I, uh, like part of a review that I read. Mm -hmm. uh, so this was a, like more of a criticism of the game. Uh, Real-time battles most often result in frustrating stalemates that accomplish nothing beyond burning supplies and getting a lot of men killed. So, Nanny, it's a, it's a game about World War One. Yes, yeah. So, and I, I'm okay with that. Like, I can understand where, like, people wouldn't find that quote-unquote fun. But for me, as, like, a big history nerd, like, I, this is what I'm looking for. Like, and it, it seems like it's very accurate. So, I, I, I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, the the first battle that I really engaged with, I, I definitely just had to just keep throwing units and, like, a lot of men died. Uh, I'm not proud of it, but I did get the, I, I was able to take, take the territory. <laughs> So, so it's going to be definitely a slog through and, and I'm okay with that. Cause like, that's what I'm looking for in a world war one game. I don't want something that's like a cakewalk and easy. So, uh, but the game I played the most and I beat was steamroll build. Mm, I don't know. Yes. I don't know why, but this game just clicked with me in a way that like, I haven't had this experience in such a long time where I just sat down and I started playing it. And the next thing I knew, I was like, oh shit, it's midnight. I've been playing this for seven hours and I didn't eat dinner. <laughs> yeah, you texted me that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so then I had to like make dinner real quick. I just had some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. But like, I don't know. There was just something about it that just clicked with me that like, because it, it is just like a basic city builder. And this isn't even from, I didn't realize this until I started playing it. This is not even the SteamWorld build team that made this game. Yeah, this is from I, some studio that I've never even really heard of before. Yeah, I did know that because I had heard someone talking about it. Um, I They are like giving that license out to people, which I think is cool to do. Yeah, it's cool. And it, it, it's what I like is it's they have the license and then they can just kind of branch out and like basically just create any type of game they want. Like we've gotten card builders, we've gotten... Um, you know, obviously Steamroll Dig, and then we have the, uh, the oh god, I can't think of the, the one where it's like, uh, you shoot. Heist. Uh, heist, Steamroll Heist. I mean, like, th there's just so many different types, and like, this one is just, it, it clicked with me as well, where I just, I couldn't stop playing it until I finally just beat it, which beating it didn't take very long. I think it was about 12 hours, uh, which if I think I mainlined it, I probably would have beaten it in eight. But there's just something in my brain where like when it comes to games where I can like kind of like make it efficient, like I can work on efficiency and just kind of make something like more and more efficient. I It just like clicks with me. And that, that's exactly what happened with like Dave the Diver mm. and uh, 
where I was just like, oh, I can just kind of like, I, I can figure out ways to just make things a little bit more efficient. Same with uh, Stardew Valley. I didn't interact with anybody in playing Stardew Valley. I just kind of focused on just making my farm as efficient as I could and like automating everything. And that and that's exactly what I did here. I was just trying to make my city as efficient as I could because ultimately the goal is to dig as deep, far down as you can to build a rocket ship to then take off into space. Uh, so, so that you just keep uh, kind of just developing technology and developing the city digging deeper and you just keep going deeper and deeper into uh, into the ground there's four layers below the ground and then finally you're able to take off in space and i don't know just like making all the layers like as efficient as i could and just it, it just clicked with me in a way that like i haven't had this experience with a video game in a very long time very cool so yeah uh steamroll build it's on uh, game pass that's where i played it so like if if, if you want to just play a fun uh, mindless uh, city builder. I mean, like it's definitely something to to check out. <clears throat> uh, and then those are pretty much the the games I've been playing. That's cool. Uh, one thing I was gonna ask about Steamworld Build is like, are you gonna go back and try the other maps now? Um, I might at some point. I, there are just so many other games. I mean, I got to finish yeah. Alan Wake, and I have like a week, literally a week, to be Alan Wake yeah. too. If I want to get in on my top ten list, or mm. you know, if, so. Uh, you know, I I don't know if I have the time right now to you know. No, that's fair. That. I just didn't know if it like because I I I know that like you beat the game by just beating a map. Yes. So like I didn't the other ones I didn't know if it hinted if there's like additional story content or if it's just like you just go do it again but it's on a different map. Uh, I think. Uh, basically, the way it ends, it's I, I don't mind because like I told you, the game starts out and you're like, oh, this thing is clearly evil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then like you you basically you build the rocket ship, you unlock everything, and he turns evil, which is not a big surprise. And then as you're leaving, he's just like, oh, I'll be back, and like the I, I'll be back is clearly like you just play another map. And uh, like, okay. Oh, yeah. and then he's back. So, yeah. I I don't think there's any additional story content. Maybe they have different uh, aspects of like, you know, buildings or something. I don't know. I'd have to kind of check out the other maps, but I, at the, I have a feeling it's going to be pretty much very similar. Every map, it'll just be a little different because the, obviously the map is a little different. Yeah, so you, yeah. You'll have to lay out your city a little differently. Okay. Uh, but with that, I guess we're ready to get into part three, which is our 10 categories. Um, yes. Uh, I'll just briefly go over what our 10 categories are. Uh, old game of the year. Uh, music, best music, best story, best character, best feel, uh, which is basically like best gameplay, like whatever feels the best. Uh, best surprise, biggest disappointment, best looking, best multiplayer, and best moment. Mm-hmm. We usually start out with uh, best old game. Uh, so I only have a three this year, uh, so... Yeah, which is what we're supposed to do, but I feel like every year you do bring the 10. <laughs> so. Bring 10. So this year I only brought three. <laughs> okay. So, um, all right. Uh, do you want to start uh, with your top three? Uh, yeah, I'll do, so I'll do Descending Order for the best old game. My number three was Alan Wake, the first one. Uh, I played the first Alan Wake prior to Alan Wake 2 coming out, and... I just like remedy games. I think Alan Wake is 
not a good game, but it is interesting in the way that a lot of Remedies games prior to Control were like had really interesting concepts, but just couldn't quite figure them out. Like, you know, it still is the same stuff as Alan Wake 2, where it's like you use the flashlight to blast the enemies and then you can actually take them out. Um, but it's much more of like an, a run and gun action-y shooter. There's like way more of the taken around. You can move a lot faster. You can shoot a lot more. Um, and it doesn't really like it. it the gameplay is always fine. It's just there's too much of it in a game that isn't that long anyways. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, we didn't quite figure this out. And like the collectibles are insane. There's like a hundred thermoses and they're fucking everywhere. Uh, do you need to collect them you don't it's just really weird when you're like oh i got one and then it's like there's 99 more and you're like what the fuck (laughs) are you talking about like the way this game it's like structured in a very like linear way so the fact that then they're like you could go off the beaten path and find a bunch of these it's like yeah but why why would i do that it doesn't really make much sense and also why are there so many of these scattered around this like 10 hour game uh you know I, not to cut you off, but that reminds me of a game that came out this year, Final Fantasy. That yeah, you, you're like, why? I, why would I go off the beaten path? It does the game does not reward me enough to do this. Yeah, but also like most of the time in Alan Wake, you try to go off the beaten path, and it would just be like, no, you can't do that, and you'd be like, then uh, why or what is this? But there were like also for some reason you can drive vehicles in it, and so there would be like stages near the end of the game where you could like have to drive these vehicles over these long stretches of like area and it was like what the fuck why why is this in here remedy is so weird uh and it was just an interesting game like i think the plot is okay and there's a reason like they had stuff they wanted to do with it that they couldn't do and that's why they wanted to continue with alan wake 2 that's why they did the dlc and control like they wanted to have this big interconnected world and alan wake was like the beginning of that and it it's just interesting to go back to it, especially because the remastered version doesn't look good at all. But then you look at what the original 360 version was like, and you're like, holy shit, video games have come so far. Like, what? oh, my God, Alan Wake on 360. I saw screenshots and video is so ugly, it's so bad. And it, like that was 2008, I think. So it's like, man, we used to think this looked good. And it looks like absolute garbage. Uh, so yeah, Alan Wake was my number three. My number two was Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, they made it a good game now. that That's my whole take. When the 2.0 patch came out, it completely changed the entire game, making it what it probably should have been in the first place. And then adding on the Phantom Liberty DLC, which was excellent. Um, it just... It's good now. Like you can play Cyberpunk okay. the way I had always wanted to play it as a weird guy with a katana. And you can make different builds actually. Items are less obnoxious. Everything is just better and it works better. Oh cool. Uh, so that's good. And my number one old game was Marvel's Midnight Suns. If I had played this game last year, uh it is annoying that it came out in December and then got buried and forgotten and also seemed to destroy most of Firaxis. Uh, it's incredible. It is so sad that it bombed and we will never get another one ever. It was just, it's awesome. Hanging out in the Abbey with the Avengers and the Midnight Suns is very cool. The hangout portion of that game rules. The strategy portion of it rules. Uh, 
God, it's so good. And it just makes me so sad that like Jake Solomon left after that because this was like his dream game to make. And they were like, oh, well, your dream game made no money. And it's just like, oh, yeah, well, maybe we shouldn't have released it in fucking December. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah but it it is very good so like i it i see it all the time now on sale for like 20 bucks for the ps5 version physically or the series x version physically definitely i believe it is also maybe now it came out on ps4 and xbox one later i know they were like working on that and they canceled the switch version because how the fuck would it work on the switch uh play it on the pc ps5 or series x please <laughs> Okay. Uh, I would not. I would not try it on one of the other ones. But it, you know, it, it's it's a really cool game if you like strategy and you like Marvel. It works really well. Just know that you're getting you're in for the long haul, man. It's a long game. It took me like sixty hours to beat. So that is. I I bought the game and I've dabbled a little bit with it, and I was like, I really like this, but like. I don't have the time right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's also weird because it's one of those things where like the combat gets better as you go. Okay. So it doesn't seem as interesting or filled with options in the beginning, but then the more you play, the more you get and the more you can customize things and the more better it works. So it's just like, it's one of those games that's like basically like set up to fail, <laughs> wow. you know, like no one's going to like be like, this is incredible right off the bat. Probably. I mean, you might like it, but not like, you know, this isn't the best strategy game I've ever played. So like that portion of it comes in the late game. They released it in December. They did a relatively poor job of advertising to people what it actually was. Or I think tr- it also they, they came... couldn't really sell it to people, you know, it also came out like, after the big marvel buzz has died down yeah and it's it's one of those things where i think it's really funny now that marvel will license games like this because like think about how they the licensing stuff they did with marvel versus capcom infinite like killed that game basically yeah uh whereas now they're like yeah you can make midnight suns and you can mm-hmm. arcane can make a blade game like neither one of those titles are ones where it's like yes these are surefire hits that like i don't know it's just bizarre they're they're they'll let people make anything if they make a good pitch for it and i think that's a good way to operate so yes absolutely the, the midnight suns is the reason why i think that arcane will be able to make a sick blade game i know a lot of people were like oh why would you let them do this and it's like hey we let them cook okay midnight suns was sick and if they are allowed to make the game they want it's gonna be awesome i guarantee it so yeah those are my three old games what are yours all right i don't know if you remember this manny but at the beginning of the year at the beginning of this year i announced that it is the year of the plastic instrument I did. I is, do remember. Mm-hmm. And so that is why Rock Band is my number three. Nice. I played a ton of Rock Band at the beginning of the year. I had so much fun. I will have to say, like, beating, uh, it was Molly Hatchet flirting with disaster is probably one of my favorite moments of this entire year. It took me weeks of just <laughs> every day playing that song just trying to beat it and i finally did oh my god that accomplishment <laughs> felt so good 
very oh. good. So like Rock Band was so much fun. I've been I've dabbled with Rock Band too. I, I'll probably get back back at it at some point. Um, but yeah, going back to Rock Band was so much fun this year. I, I highly recommend it for anyone to to you know bring out your old instruments and play. Uh, that game is always fun. Uh, my number two is uh, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. Oh yeah. Uh, this is this is hands down my most played game on the Switch this year. Uh, I had I I've only played this game online multiplayer. Uh, I just I don't know. I just go online. I right. I go through some races. I I've only won once, which once again I, uh, like that was just like such a great moment. Like just feeling like I finally beat it. But it, I don't know. For me, it's not about that. It's just kind of like playing Mario Kart and just having fun playing Mario Kart. I, do I have to explain why I enjoy Mario Kart? It's the best-selling Switch game. It's one of the best-selling games of all time, and there's a reason why. It's fun. Yes. So, no. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, great, great experience. And then my number one, speaking of uh, Marvel games that bombed, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> why did all the good ones bomb, Matt? It's unfair. It's unfair. This, this one is on them for. Oh, this one is one hundred percent on them. Some of the worst trailers <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Uh, oh not my really God. selling why it is uh-huh. a cool game. And then it was one of those things where it was like I remember seeing that trailer and being like, "This looks fucking terrible." And yes, then at yes. the end of the year, everyone was like, "Actually, I tried it, and it's like really awesome." And I was yeah. like, "Wait, what?" And, and not only I, that, I still it, have a copy that I would like to play sometime. But like, right. it's it's crazy to me that they were able to mismanage that game so badly because most people love it. Yeah, well, and like, I don't know if you remember this, but it won like the best story of like for the game awards, and that yeah, and was everyone was, was like, like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah, and then I played through it, and I was like, "Oh, I get why this won the best story. This is a great story." Yeah, uh, I would. It's I. It's as good as like the the movies, at least. It's told. It's different. All the characters like they're different, and and I like that they're different. But like, yes, uh, this game is way better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I, you and I both were just trashing this game when we kept seeing the trailers, oh and then God. all of a sudden. <laughs> well, and also what like, I think is fucking weird about those trailers is they all looked like garbage. Like the graphics look terrible. The character mm-hmm. models look terrible. The game doesn't look terrible. No, it looks so fine it's like really confusing. I don't know what mm-hmm. the fuck was going on with those pre-release trailers, but the, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't I can't explain it, but like I keep telling you, Manny. You'll you will just kind of knock through this game so quickly. I, you'll have fun with the combat, and I, you would enjoy the story thoroughly. So. Yeah, and I another one where it's like, hey, if someone says they want to make a fucking Marvel game, let them cook. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it, it can be really awesome. And if yeah. you let a studio do what they want and don't micromanage them a bunch and put all these really weird bullshit restrictions on them, they'll make something cool. Maybe micromanage the marketing aspect. So. That that definitely. <laughs> Let Marvel handle the marketing portion, perhaps. Square Enix. Fucking morons. And you'd be like, why don't our Western studios ever sell well? Well, maybe this is why. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. That and oh. putting weird expectations on the Western side when the Japanese portion of the games fail to meet sales expectations. Well, because they Tomb they, Raider, like, 
they're like, hey, Final Fantasy, here's an infinite amount of money. And then it's just like, oh, we didn't make our money back. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, well, Tomb Raider sold 800 trillion copies, (laughs) but we needed to sell 10 trillion copies to make up for Final Fantasy. Failure! It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Whatever. Square is the most fucking baffling company I've ever, always. I can't handle it. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, hey, here's a studio that's doing well. We're just going to let them leave. Hey, people love Hitman. Yeah. You guys yeah, can yeah. go if you want. We don't want that money. <laughs> Fuck that. Fucking morons. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, so those are our best old games. And I will say, mm-hmm. I have imposed arbitrary rules for myself on some of these. I cannot say that DJ Max Respect V is the best old game every year. Okay. I, and so it would have been again. They released Banger DLC, would have been number one, and will probably be number one again in 2024 because they have announced they're still doing DLC the entire year of 2024. Uh, yeah, that and Marvel Snap would have been on here, but you know, there's only so much that I can have them on this list. So I try to make it ones where it's like, oh, I played them again once or for the first time this year, you know? So. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah that, that, that's probably like me not putting Uncharted 4 on the list again. Like, yeah, where it's like, oh, was DJ Max Respect mine for the last two years? Yes, it was. It is again, in theory. <laughs> but like, <laughs> that's not interesting at a certain no, point. No, no. So, yeah. All right. Uh, next category, let's just get rid of the multiplayer. We already kind of talked about Okay, I was going to say, you got to tell me which order to go in, because whatever I have them on here was not the same order you read. So we'll go uh, best multiplayer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number three was Party Animals. Uh, I don't know if you have played this. It is on Game Pass. Uh, it's basically like Fall Guys meets Gang Beasts. I would say I thought it was just I thought it was just gang. Beast. I mean, it is gang beast, but there is also like a weird co-op mode where you like try to do tasks and like shit that is closer to okay. like fall guys. Um, I, I, first of all, I want to say I this game pissed me off because they were like, oh, it's going to be on PC Game Pass. And I told my girlfriend's son, OK, we're going to play this game. And for some reason, it wasn't there the day it was supposed to be. But I had already promised we were going to play this game, so I had to buy it. And then the next day, it was on Game Pass. These fucking criminals. <laughs> Anyways, we had already played. It was too late for me to return it on Steam. It, that's fine. Uh, it's it's fun enough, and it's one of those things where it's like we can be on a team, and it's really funny when the body's ragdoll, so he has a good time, and I also have a moderately good time playing it. Uh, it's fine. It is one of those things where, like, I don't know how much more of this game type I have in me. Like, why wouldn't I just right. play Gang Beasts instead and or Fall Guys? Uh, so, like, it's fun. And I think, like, the big goofy animal suit people are are cool. The monetization of it is a little awful. Like, they want you to pay a lot for the skins. And it's like, well, I don't want to do that. So I see like I think we're like in an age where like <clears throat> we don't care about skins. Like I just don't care about skins, but like the younger kids like oh, they're see, all I about care skins. about skins in one game only. So it's street. And what game is that? It's street. Fire. Okay. Yeah, but skin. that's give me it. 
all of it. Sure. They're also way too expensive in that, but that's another, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Party Animals is neat. It's fun if you have, it's fun to play with kids. Uh, you can play online, and I'm sure everybody's like super try hard, which would make me lose interest in it immediately because it's supposed to be just like a dumb, fun, fuck around thing. Uh, yeah, so there is that. Uh, my number two was Baldur's Gate 3. I played about 20 hours of Baldur's Gate 3 multiplayer with Nukio and our friend Justin. Uh, it's insane that it works. It should not work. It's impossible that it works. It is impossible that someone can be in the like story cutscene and someone else can just sneak off and be doing a totally different fucking thing in the background. And then the third and fourth person could also be doing totally different fucking things in the background. The game is remembering all of it. It is coming together. It makes it's impossible it, that this is why it doesn't work on the, the fucking series S. I don't understand. It's, okay. impo- it's impossible for it to work. I don't understand it. Also, you can do it split screen. How? Oh, that's cool. It, on everything but the series S, you can do it split screen. Yes. But it just it makes no fucking sense. It's impossible for it to work. Uh, it helps that Baldur's Gate 3 is awesome. So like the but then the the by default that makes the multiplayer awesome. Uh, but to me, I put it on here also uh, other than the fact that it was one of the two multiplayer games I actually played. Uh, it, it just it's impossible that it works. That's all I can say about it. Like you think about the different things going on in the background and like, it's like, okay, in a single player game, maybe I could see how you calculate all this stuff. But for, if you have a full game for people doing completely different things that the game has to keep track of and like monitor, it's crazy. I don't understand how it works. Uh, and it's just like a D and D campaign, you know, like you, it's a yeah. cool multiplayer D and D thing. Uh, and then my number one best multiplayer is Street Fighter 6 because I played 800 trillion hours of Street Fighter 6 and I love fighting in it. And that's all That's all I have to say. I, the, the battle oh. works well. The netcode is sick. It just is good. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a solid fighter. Yes. Um, now my top three, I told you I had to cheat. Yes. And and by that I mean my number three is Splatoon three. Yeah, I mean, there's th- new seasons, you know. There's if, I, I I was literally like I only really played three <laughs> multiplayer games this year, so I was like I got I guess these are my three. <laughs> Splatoon three, more, uh, Mario Kart. The, the, the DLC also came out for Splatoon this year. Was it I only, only was it only skins for the city hub? Yes, whatever. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> I so I don't really need to get into it. I played Splatoon three. It's that's, good. That's I'll take it. Three. You know I'm in Mario Kart eight. Also tons of DLC. Hella good. Tons. Of, yeah, yeah. And then my number one is uh, Street Fighter six because uh, uh, I didn't play it. nearly as much as you. I will also say that objectively, it is a way better game than Street Fighter five. Oh yeah. But uh, but like. I'm just at a different point in my life where I'm just, I just don't have that competitive edge that I used to. And I just like, I don't know. Like, I just don't care about like fighting games like that. And I've only, I only played street fighter six pretty much with you guys. So yeah. I, but even then I probably did pour a good, like 18 to 20 hours into the game. And I, I had fun playing online with you guys. I usually got trounced uh, and I, I'm okay with that. Cause like, I just didn't put in the time or the effort. 
Um, I do wish uh, Rashid came out a little sooner. I wish he was kind of part of the original and not like, because I don't know. I, at the beginning, I just didn't have a character I clicked with. So I just kind of played it, played with Ryu and Ryu was fine. But like mm-hmm. Ryu was kind of boring to play as at the same time. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, uh, that's my number. Th- that's my top three. I don't really feel super passionately about any of these games. Well, I, I really like Mario Kart 8, but I, I can't put that as number one. For <laughs> reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so technically, I only have one game that I played multiplayer. It Because I, I can't be like, I played Diablo 4. There were people around. People were around. I mean, it is technically yeah. <laughs> true. They did exist. Uh-huh. So like I, I so yes, uh, that's my uh that's my top 3. Now I want to try to uh manipulate this a little bit where we have the uh the spoiler heavier stuff in like the 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 back half. So we'll do like story, character and moment like towards the end more. Mm-hmm. So we'll uh so I'm thinking we'll do maybe best looking next. Okay. Cuz that won't be uh that that's not really a spoiler at all. Yeah. Uh, I had a hard time doing this one because I think several games looked fucking insane this year. Uh, so I had trouble ranking these three in my brain, but my number three is Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, lots of games have been cell shaded. I don't know what they did for this game. It looks ridiculously good. Uh, I know it is like stupid and cliche to say it looks like you're playing a cartoon, but like it does look like that. It looks like a fucking like high budget children's cartoon come to life. Uh, In a lot of ways, it looks better, though, because like cartoons are like so low FPS where like video games. Is this 60? It is. I assume this is 60. Yeah. Yeah. So like it probably looks way better than a lot. It looks so good. And also then like you just get all the little things of like the way the UI and the characters and everything's in the world are like pulsating to the beat and like moving to the beat. And it like all comes together for this really super awesome cohesive style that I think uh, just works and looks very good. Uh, my number two, Spider-Man 2. This game is insane looking. It, I, man, the first time there is like <clears throat> the camera is close on the spider suit <clears throat> of either Miles or Peter. And you can like see the fucking individual like circles in the eye piece. You can see the fucking stitching on the suit. It's fucking crazy. It looks so good. It looks good close up. It looks good far away. Insomniac is cracked. This game looks awesome. I like if I was going to show a PS5 game to someone and be like, hey, graphically, you should check this out. Spider-Man 2 is what I would show them on the on the quality mode, because holy fuck. And with the way they figured out ray tracing, if you go watch the Digital Foundry video about Spider-Man 2, it's crazy. They go into so much detail about basically like how this is like the craziest fucking looking game ever. Oh, wow. And now my dog is barking, so that's cool. Uh, But we'll continue on. My number one best looking game is Alan Wake 2. Remedy has always had people working there who are like at the forefront of graphics 
uh and they you know they the euro graphic scene is huge and they're always trying to push boundaries and things like that alan week two there is something about the way it looks both in like a graphically good sense of like when you're playing a saga like it's just like this looks like a good shitty small uh town in the northeast and the characters look really great the modeling and acting is awesome and then on the other side you go to fucking alan wake town and you're like how are they doing any of this and the way it blends with the fmv i think is awesome uh and it just all comes together to be like a really impressive looking game graphically which Normally it's weird because I feel like there's a distinction between like good art style and good technical graphics. Somehow Alan Wake 2 is able to blend those in a way that I think most games don't ever really get to do because you do most games don't have like multiple different styles, but like technically it looks really good, but then artistically like the stuff in the dark place with Alan Wake and even the way they do FMV stuff also, the way it all integrates together, I think is like something that has never been done before in a game, first of all, uh, because most games aren't bold enough to try to do weird shit like that. And also, why would you? Um, right. The answer is Remedy would, because they're... Remedy, crazy. yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's, it's awesome, and I love the way Alan Wake 2 looks, and it sticks out in mm-hmm. my mind. So that is yeah. what I've got. Uh, my three, uh, number three, Mortal Kombat one. I, uh, yeah. I just, that's a, that's a one that I just remember playing just like, God, this is just a really sharp looking game. Mm-hmm. It, there, it, it's hands down. Like it's one of like, they're so good at like, especially in stills, like it looks amazing. And then like, once the game gets moving, it, it can, it's always looked a little stilted. It still looks a little stilted, but they've gotten a lot better with just like the movement of their characters. Like, mm-hmm. expe- I, at least I think in the, if, with this game. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, there was just something about Mortal Kombat, especially in those cutscenes. You're like, Oh, this looks really good. So um, I don't mean to hijack this real quick. Have you seen no, gameplay of the Tekken eight demo? Yes. Holy shit, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That game, oh, it looks so sick. It's unbelievable. Yes. Anyways, that's what I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number two was uh, Final Fantasy 16. Oh, yeah. That was that was one where, especially the cutscenes, and, like, every time, well, you you talk about, like, the close-ins on, uh, like, close-ups on, like, in Spider-Man, like, the close-ups in fight, like, Final Fantasy, especially on the characters, like, Clive's face, you're just like, wow, there is just so much detail. Clearly, Square just poured infinite money into it. Oh, this. my God. Final Fantasy 16 is the game this year where I thought the most, that's where the money is. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep, yep. During the, like... <laughs> the big fights you're like i see the yep. money flying at me right <laughs> yes <laughs> yes uh so I, I just i had to give a shout out to final fantasy 16 i the, the graphics the incredible and then funny enough my number one alan wake 2 for basically alan the wake same two, reasons yeah. they just blended like it's not just this technical masterpiece it's also like artistically they just took so many like risks and just like did interesting things and it, it all just works and i i have to give them a shout out to that 
And if you remember, they really pushed the limit way too far with control. Yes. And, and but like, I'm kind of glad they did because I because it, it helped them make Alan Wake too. Well, and that's why I think it's so funny, like when they're talking about like, yeah, we're working on control too, but like, you know, just technologically, some of the stuff still isn't there. And I'm like, what is, what, what are you guys doing over there? Yeah, <laughs> uh, so no, Alan Wake too. It's just at every scene, you're like, this is just fascinating. I mean, when you like early on, and you're just like wandering around the 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 studio with like, like the tv studio and then you're in the subway and like it's just it's wild i i alan wake too that i can't wait to see like where this is gonna go and just like because like i assume it there are just there are going to be other moments that just make me go wow this is just visually striking so so i'm pretty sure that there is a moment in my top moments that i won't even mm-hmm. say on this podcast because i don't think you have gotten there yet in alan wake and i need okay. it i need you to witness it uninhibited okay well, I, i'll ask more indefinitely when we get closer to that but i people will know what i'm talking about if they played alan it, wake it, too mm-hmm <laughs> So, I mean, you could pretty much do that with like almost any game. Be like, hey, this this moment. So, nope. Yeah. Uh, but nope, that's my top three. Uh, it was a great year for just like video games looking amazing. Oh, yeah. Just kind of. And like, here's the thing. Teams haven't even fully maxed out the the, the consoles yet. So games are going to even continue to look even better. So yeah, it, it's ridiculous. That. And I mean, like people are like, oh, man, the graphics are, you know, they're stagnating. I saw the GTA six trailer. That's mm-hmm. not true. <laughs> that game looks fucking insane. And I know it's mm-hmm. still a couple years off, but like, holy shit, man, games can look crazy. Well, and, and now with like HDR and ray tracing, like there's still a lot that can get done. Like, you know, there's still things to work on. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but nope, that's my top three. So um, how about, music let's do music sure uh my number three for best music is sea of stars the sabotage studio game that it's a turn-based rpg inspired by super nintendo rpgs specifically chrono trigger uh the music you know it's got a lot of like good jrpg sounding music in it but also one of the stretch goals for their kickstarter was to get the composer of chrono trigger and chrono cross yazanori mitsuda to do several tracks on the soundtrack if they hit that they did hit that stretch goal and his music is in it and it is very good uh yeah it's just like a classic turn-based rpg soundtrack of the snes era like and it is very it is very good it actually just got added to spotify and it's like three different albums like nine bajillion songs so very cool um and i so i always have trouble in this category because i always am like did they just catag did they just create a sick playlist of licensed music or did they like make cool music for this game uh, and so my next two, Hi-Fi Rush did both. Okay, so that's my number two. Okay. Is they had great licensed music, but they also had to have a bunch of non-licensed music that they made because it's a game. Of, it's a rhythm game. You can't just have 
they needed more regular music to just happen during the fights and like to go on longer and loop and stuff like that. I think what they composed for it is very good. And I think the licensed tracks they chose for things like boss fights and things like that were also really well done and well executed. Uh, And then my number one is the opposite end of that spectrum. They just made a sick licensed playlist and that is bomb rush Cyberfunk the team reptile game that is basically just jet set radio jet set radio future it has that funk soundtrack the composer of jet set radio hideki naganuma has several songs in it to mellow who is known for making all kinds of music but he specifically had done two jet set radio future tribute albums uh his music is in there it's all just really good funk and hip-hop and it rules also, you can find the playlist on Spotify. They did not like put out the like soundtrack because it is just people's music. So they were like, we would rather they just the artist gets those plays than us putting oh, good. it out. So um, yeah, there are playlists. Specific- I mean, I use Spotify, so that's just the one I list. But uh, right. there's only like one or two songs that aren't on Spotify. But people update those playlists semi regularly. So. Uh, very good. I've been listening to it in the car a lot recently. So, very good. So, this was a year where, like, I just couldn't really think of many games that the music stuck out to me. I, I think it's just the, the the types of games I played. Mm-hmm. So, I just kind of took it a different way and just kind of picked, like, the three games that, like, the sound design, at least, really kind of stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, my number three... So, I'll just kind of briefly go through all of them, because... It's number three is Resident Evil Four. Yes. Number number two is Alan Wake Two. Yes. And the number one was uh, Dead Space. Oh yeah. I, uh, all three just had incredible. Which they better. I mean, like survival horror has to have great sound design, and like the music is definitely part of that, where it's kind of building tension. Uh, but like there, I didn't necessarily think like any of them are fun, and I'm certainly not listening to any of these songs in the car. <laughs> But there is something about, like, they do a great job of just, like, building the tension. Like, there are moments in Alan Wake where I'm like, nothing's happening, but the music is just making my stomach <laughs> nuts. Like, like why why are you doing this to me? What's going to happen? What's coming up? So, mm-hmm. like, I, all, all three are just, like, incredible sound design. And, and part of that is, like, the sound design and part of it is just, like, the way they, they, they did the music. So, no. Uh, so, so that's my, uh, my top three for, for music this year. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, let's do uh, best feel. Best feel. This is one of the categories where I feel like a couple of these games will. I will only talk about them in this category. Uh, okay. So my number three, Spider Man Two. It would be illegal if I did not put that on here, uh, because Spider Man's web swinging felt sick before, and. It feels good and even slightly better now. Uh, but then you can fly with the wingsuit. Come mm-hmm. on, man. It just it feels too good. It's wrong how good it feels sometimes. And then you can you can glide on the water. They've everything about the traversal just like got uh, amped up from the first one. It, Insomniac crushing it always. Uh, and even uh, thinking about like making the web lines 
above things and the way you can crisscross them and it just feels so natural for him to like go from one line to the other man spider-man what a spider-man what a good one uh my number two best feel pizza tower uh boy I haven't played a platformer like that that felt that responsive and good in a long time. Pizza Tower is crazy. It has an insane sense of speed. Uh, You can just like blow through those stages. And if you're really on your shit, it feels like you're in a flow state like none other. And then when you have to get back to the beginning of the stage while the timer's counting down, the music gets crazy. It's just it feels so good. Pizza Tower. Then, you know, you eat pizza toppings and stuff as you go it feels really satisfying when he crunches the stuff uh very good pizza tower excellent and my number one game which i don't even think i've ever talked about on the podcast just because i either never remember or i haven't technically beaten it yet but it is astral ascent which is a roguelike game that i have not felt this way about a game feel since dead cells so wow it is an excellent excellent roguelike um and you play you as you play you unlock more characters but there are four characters they each have a different weapon one has guns one has a knife one has these weird blocks that i don't like that character so i can't really explain it well um and one just uses their fists uh, fighting through the enemy feels really good. Traversal feels really good. You get these magic spells that all feel very unique and excellent. It just feels good to run through that world in the same way that Dead Cells feels like good to kick down a door or like, you know, when you hit down and the attack button to like stomp on shit. This has some right. kind of stomp that feels similar to that. It just feels good to cut through these stages and these bosses and the response, the controls are very responsive um, it is awesome. And Astral Ascent is very good. I don't think I will probably have beaten it by the end of the year, so I don't think it'll end up making my top 10 list. But it's like it Hades in the way that like you can beat the final boss, but you have to beat the final boss a bunch of times to like beat it, beat it. Uh, okay. So I have to beat the final boss on like my difficulty plus five run now. And then I think on difficulties, I think once you do plus six, I think that's when you beat it. I don't want to look it up because it still seems like there's a bunch of stuff I could unlock and I don't really want to spoil the unlockables, but I think I'm like semi close. Cause I beat the final boss four times with increased difficulty, but I don't know. It just feels good okay. to play and it makes me want to keep playing it. So, Oh, well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, my top three. Uh, number three was uh, Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. The, oh, God, the combat's so good. Combat? Oh, my. Oh, man. I, clearly, they were like, I, you can clearly see the influences from uh, the Devil May Cry influences. It just was so much fun to just kind of like, pretty much, I, I started playing this game and I was just like, okay, I see the potential of where this game can just be absolutely fun because even early on when you don't even have a lot of things unlocked it's still fun to just kind of mess around with stuff and then as you unlock more and more aspects of the combat it only gets more engaging and and just more enriching so final fantasy 16 it it was just so much fun to just like air juggle people um the the combat is definitely just like the big standout for this game 
Uh, my number two, uh, just like you, was uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2. Oh, Spider-Man. I, I, I agree. I, it would be criminal not to have this game on the list. And I, I'd like to remind you, Manny, this was my first experience with Spider-Man playing on like uh, the PS5. Oh, and yeah. DualSense and, oh, oh, the DualSense made it that much better. <laughs> Oh, oh man! I I don't need to talk about why Spider Man is feels so great because like the first one felt great, Miles Morales felt great, and then obviously this one with the better controller, of course it would feel even better. So mm-hmm. yes, uh, uh, Marvel Spider Man Two feels incredible, and then my number one was Resident Evil Four remake. Oh I, yeah, that is they they figured out the combat for this game. I had so much fun with this combat. I just kept playing it over and over again. And they, they added the parry system and that parry system just, uh, just unlocked so much of the game and just made it that much better. Uh, Resident Evil 4. I mean, just like the shooting feels great. Just moving around feels great. But I told you the parry, having that parry is great. I just, mm-hmm. Resident Evil 4, they, they killed it. And like, I played... The original has its it. It's fine to play through, but like this is just they they. Oh man, it's a great game to play. You should, yeah. if, if you should play it, I did. I, everyone should play it. <laughs> so yep. So that that's my uh, my top three. Okay. Um. All right. Let's get into biggest disappointment. Oh yeah. Uh. Okay. So my number three was WarioWare. Move it. Okay. How do they how do they make WarioWare games have less content each time they release them? I don't understand it. It this game I when I first played it, I was like this is fine and it took me a couple hours to like beat it, quote unquote. And it like does a good job of being a follow-up to the WarioWare uh game on the Wii that people really liked, WarioWare Smooth Moves, but it just like doesn't have there's something to it because I replayed the original WarioWare. Uh, it is on uh, the Game Boy Advance Switch Online stuff. And first of all, it took me longer to do all the content in that Game Boy Advance game than it did in this $60 or $50 Wii product or Switch <laughs> product, right? Uh, but also, it just felt like there was more to it and it had more personality in a Game Boy Advance game than in this brand new Switch game. I like they removed the challenges for like individual mini games a couple games ago, and they still haven't brought it back where it's like, oh, try to get 50 on this one mini game and you'll get a medal, which is just there for you to know that you did well. Like they don't even have that stuff in these games anymore. And it just feels weird. Like I it, it is a fun enough game where you like have to hold the joy-con on your ass and shake it around and stuff and there's a bunch of weird like funny ways that they get you to hold the joy cons that like work well for some of the mini games but or sorry micro games uh but they it just they keep not being what they could be and it bothers me and i feel like then they sell worse every time and so soon we're going to get to a point where they don't even try and that will make me yeah. sad because i think WarioWare is a great game and i think like the first few, especially like twisted on the Game Boy Advance and touched on the DS. Like to me, those are the high points and they just have never been as good as those. And I don't know that they like fully grasp what makes people really like WarioWare games overall or something, but it's fine. It just, it could be so much better compared to the other ones. It's a, it's a bummer. Each time they release a new one, I'm like, ah, man, what? 
Uh, my number two most uh, biggest disappointment, Mortal Kombat one. Uh, I know that I'm not going to like another realm game in terms of the fighting aspect of it that I have given up on long ago. Uh, the way the like things string together and the animations look kind of stilted. I, I know that I'm just not going to enjoy that combat like for a long time, but then the story, man, the only reason I got this game, you're going to do me like that for the second half of this story. <laughs> I was insulted personally. Like I just, I def- you're like we're rebooting the timeline Liu Kang he did it we're making all these characters that were random jobbers before actually seem interesting like Reptile and Baraka and then we're just gonna just really truly jump the shark in spectacular fashion for the second half of the story and that was such a bummer to me because it's like you guys can't even stick to your reboot of the reboot man (laughs) like yeah fucking just have confidence in your storytelling like i don't need infinite multiverse shit you had made a cool thing that you threw in the trash can why did you do that it's funny i everyone i talked to everyone had these same exact complaints yeah like i didn't i don't know anyone who was like oh i really like that story it just like for the first Uh, half i was so in and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, they made yeah. these characters interesting. They actually have cool, good character arcs. And then the second half, I was just the whole time, I was just like, what the fuck, what the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? Why? why do we? Why? And then the ending where they set up, they were like, hey, if you wanted a teaser to know that you're not going to give a shit about the franchise story ever again, this is it. And I was like, oh, man. So that that's a bummer to me. I just, that, yeah, mm-hmm. I the whole reason I got that game ended up not being great for me. So that sucked. And then my number one biggest appointment, Diablo 4. Oh, wow. But, man, what? This game? I had not played Diablo before, and I had considered getting into 3, and everyone talks about how 2 is like the pinnacle of video gaming, and it's so good and all this stuff. And I was like, this is my time. I'm going to get into Diablo. I'm going to get the loot. I'm going to love every minute of it. And I played through the game and I was like, this is okay. But the part of the game that I wanted to interact with was the part of Diablo that everybody like gets way into, which is like the end game stuff. Um, I think the end game stuff in Diablo four is really poorly implemented, which is why they seem to patch it to change it literally every week. Um, And it just is like, there's too much loot and all of it sucks. And I think that's my biggest problem is like in a loot game, I, I know that you need loot to drop, but like when I fill up my inventory on shit that is garbage regularly, that should not be happening where I have to like pour it out of the dungeon to go sell my loot because you overflowed me with a bunch of trash bullshit that I mean, yes, you could not pick it up, but then like also the way to compare your armor to things that it's just, it's not, it's not a good inventory system. And then I was like, okay, well season one, that'll be cool. And you know, you start your new character and you go through the season. Season one sucked and everyone thought it sucked. Apparently season two fixed a lot of the issues I had with stuff. Uh, but I'm not going to go back to that now. Right. And it's it's also one of those things where it's like people are like, oh, well, you got to get up to like the higher level tiers and stuff like that. And it's just. Yeah, I don't know. I 
it just did not do it for me in the way that I was hoping that it would. And like, maybe I'll go back and see like if they ever do what, not if, when they do the expansion stuff for more character classes and more plot, maybe that stuff will be more interesting to bring me back in and things. But yeah, I, I don't know, man. I just like for this to be my introduction to like, this is Diablo. This is what people love. And then for me to, to just fall so flat for me was like a huge bummer, but I don't know. Cause like, it feels good. Like yeah, for, for the most part, like it feels good to play. And like, I get why people like that combat system. I just like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff where I, I feel like if a game makes you feel like you're just playing the campaign for it to be over so you can get to the quote unquote good part that most people like that's a that's not good design i I don't know no and that is what it really feels like in diablo 4 is like they want you to get over with the campaign to get to the part that they like design designed i don't know it's Mm. weird it's a weird thing anyways that was my most disappointing games I, yeah, I get that. Um, so my number three is uh, Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> I, I yeah. don't think I was asking. Like, I, I don't think I wanted too much from this game. I just wanted like a fun Harry Potter game. Yeah. Well, I, and if they had focused on, on that aspect, if they focused on that aspect, I think it could have been fun and just com- like comprehensive. What I didn't want is a just a generic open world where I'm running into the woods and taking out bandit camps. You like, didn't want that? that? No, I didn't want that. I, I genuinely did not want bandit camps. God, I just not, remember the Potter first time game. they were like, stick out the bandit camp. I was like, this is a, <laughs> this like, is a joke. Actually, I, <laughs> why? You know, the just famous why? Harry Potter because, bandit camps. Cause here's the thing, Manny, that combat is actually, Oh, it's fun. actually pretty good. Yeah. That's what pisses me off the most about that game. <laughs> It's like, cause like you can see, uh, here's what they could have done. Uh, I just, I've thought about this a lot. Like what if, cause like, here's a game they they've already established how to do like a school, like a school year video game. If it was just persona, but the Harry Potter universe, like that could have just fucking worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you just like, you wake up, you have your daily schedule, you go to the classes, you do your thing, you you, you love, you learn, you, you get better. And then like, there's this weird, like subplot, like they could have done something like that where you're interacting, like, but like, instead they just, it was the most generic open world game I've just ever played was fun combat. And it, oh, it's got like Harry Potter stuff. In like it. it literally feels like an open world game that came through a time portal from 2012. Mm-hmm. Like it may, it's, it it's baffling to me. Yeah. I don't know. It, 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 there's potential there. It just, why? Yeah. It, just yeah. why? I'm with you. Uh, my number two is uh, Horizon Burning Shores, uh, the DLC. Oh, really? Oh. Uh, I, I, this is the first game I played on the, the PS5 and I was, I was excited to play it and the combat was fun, mm-hmm. but like, I just don't like where they're going with the story. I know people are complaining about, oh, they made Aloy, I'm a lesbian or whatever. I don't care about that. <laughs> I just loved that world, that first one. There was so much mystery around, uh, like what happened to this world and like discovering like why the world like ended and then like it came back. 
but instead they've decided to go in this other direction where it's all sci-fi and like it it's just kind of turning into mass effect where like you have like these like uh uh alien creatures coming from another planet to destroy the world and i'm just like this is not what i want from this franchise like it's just it, i'm just continuing to just be disappointed by the direction they're taking the the story of mm-hmm. just like i, I just don't care mm-hmm. and i i it's just it's so disappointing because i love the first one i love the mystery i wish they just kind of focused on like the world and just like discovering more of what happened in the world in the past instead of like aliens are coming to destroy the world like i just that's not what i'm looking for out of this franchise Mm -hmm. and then my number one uh mortal kombat one yeah uh, for the for the exact same reason you had of just like it had me in the first half and then the second half happened uh can i also just mention uh, I strongly, I, okay, you know what? I'll wait. I'll wait for my, uh, for the next category, which will be the best surprise where I will, we'll, we'll talk about that. So, okay. uh, yeah, th- those are my number three. Those are my three. Uh, just like, I don't know. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy. I should have really liked that game, especially with how much fun the combat was, but uh, like, like I, why, why, why did it have to be an open world game? Why? It should have just been more <laughs> about like being in the, the, the castle. Yeah, it should have just yeah, been more about Hogwarts. 1,000%. <laughs> it's called the Hogwarts Legacy, not the woods around yeah. Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, yeah, like, I, whatever. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to a best surprise. So this is the inverse of biggest disappointment. These are things that were like, oh, I wasn't expecting to really like this, but I really did. So Yeah, so uh, my number three best surprise is Pikmin 4. Um it was no mystery to me that it was going to be a good game because I like Pikmin. Mm-hmm. Um, but it like, it is better than it should be. I guess is like my main takeaway. Like I, you know, they announced Miyamoto announced Pikmin four, like literally 10 years ago or something. And it just was not, it didn't come out. And like, they seemed like they had forgotten about it. And then they were like, Oh, but Pikmin four is coming to the switch. And I was like, okay, I don't really know how much, new stuff you can add to Pikmin at the, at this point. Like they, they, it seemed like it had reached like some kind of logical conclusion with Pikmin three and Pikmin four to me, I was like, I will play this, but it seems I would bet that it's like more of the same. Right. And while it is that they did somehow take the best elements from all three Pikmin games and combined them here in a way that just works better than it ever did before. So I think that the the gameplay is more polished than it has been before. The introduction of the dog character, Otachi, actually does a lot for the game because you can split him off uh, like you could with the characters in Pikmin 3 and like have him go do his own thing and then switch back to your character and do things simultaneously. And I think that works really well, but also he can like attack enemies for you. He can take squads of Pikmin with him and stuff like that. And it just works better than the splitting up mechanic and Pikmin three did overall. They also like, while they do still have the large explorable areas of the previous games, they also have the like caves slash dungeons that two had except they make them way less fucking obnoxious and they're not on a time limit and 
the time limit in Pikmin used to be like a really big deal, especially in one, two and three, because like in three, if you didn't have enough food by the time certain days ended, you would lose. And if you didn't do a bunch of stuff by nighttime in Pikmin one and two, like it would reset or whatever. This, it still has the like day mechanic, uh, but there's never really any like loss for it. It more just feels like a way to break up the gameplay. Like after like 30 minutes, the day is over, you know, then you leave and come back. Um, and so it's like, it's very difficult for your Pikmin to just get killed in mass. Like it was wicked easy to do at the end of days and previous ones. It, it just works. And then like, also, as I was saying before that i beat it the amount of content in this game is ridiculous like i it took me like 15 hours to beat the main game now they're like oh it's there's basically like that amount of content again in the post game but then also you can play missions as olimar where it is closer to the original pikmin as well that are like new interesting content um it, it just is crazy. Like I would never have expected it to be as good as it is. Uh, and it's awesome. And now when they announce Pikmin five, I can truly be what I thought this time where it's like, I don't see where else they can go with this one. Mm. Uh, so yeah, but that's cool. Pikmin four, the peak of Pikmin. Uh, my number two, it has to be a surprise because it's hi-fi rush. No one oh, knew this yeah. game existed. And then Microsoft said, Hey, it's out now. And I said, excuse me, Tango Gameworks, the studio made by Shinji Mikami, the man who made Resident Evil, made a cell shaded rhythm beat em up. And it's out right now. Uh, and then I played it and I loved it. And obviously that was surprising because no one knew it existed prior to that. Um, and my number one best surprise, Dave the Diver. Oh yeah. It was not on my radar. I didn't know. Mm-mm. I didn't know about Dave. And then I saw a bunch of people online talking about Dave the Diver. It had been in early access for a long time. I didn't know. And when a, the 1.0 release came out, a bunch of people, I saw several videos be like, "Hey, you know Dave the Diver is pretty good. I played it in early access. It's out now. I would give it a shot." And I looked at it and I said, "You know, this game isn't that expensive. I'll give it a shot. What's the worst that could happen? I don't like it. That did not happen. In fact, I became obsessed with it uh, and mm-hmm. played ridiculously long play sessions. And I love Dave the Diver. New DLC just came out. Free DLC that ties it to the Cthulhu themed fishing game Dredge. Thought about going back in to see Dave and find out what the Dredge DLC is all about. But yeah, I don't know. You fish underwater, you manage a sushi restaurant. It just, it all works well. It's got charm and style and I, it's awesome. It's one of those things where I, I end up liking games a lot where I didn't, they weren't on my radar. And then you you play it and you're like, this is actually fucking awesome. Uh, And Dave the Diver was for sure one of those. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, My... Number my top three. Uh, number three is uh, a game that I just talked about earlier today. Uh, SteamWorld Build. Yeah, like I like the SteamWorld uh, uh, games, but I just I told you I haven't had an experience where I just got like just 
enthralled in a game and I just lost track of time in such a long time. And it just, it felt so good to have that experience. And, and it, it just kind of like, it, it surprises me that it's like some city builder uh, with the Steam World ed, uh, just like franchise, but like, that's what happened. I just, I became obsessed with this game for a weekend. It was just like a really hot and heavy weekend of just playing SteamWorld Build, and I just couldn't pull myself away from it. So, I mean, literally, I, I stayed up till midnight, and then the first thing I did, I got up, and I just kept playing more SteamWorld Build. That's all I wanted to do. It pulled me away from Alan Wake. Like, I, I didn't play as much Alan Wake this week because of SteamWorld Build. Uh, so, no, SteamWorld Build just, just clicked with me in a way that I, I just, I can't explain why. It just did. Yes. My number two... I strongly considered putting it on my biggest disappointment and having it on my best. <laughs> and that's Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think I could have made the argument for why. Yes. Oh, I, like, to me, especially. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like the combat's so much fun. Like I am shocked that I liked the Final Fantasy game and I'm sure you're kind of shocked that I liked the Final Fantasy game and I played through and finished a yeah. Final Fantasy game. I don't think I ever would have expected to do that. Wow. But at the same time, the direction they took that fucking story <laughs> is why I strongly consider putting it on my biggest disappointment. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, dude. I'll focus on the positives. <laughs> the combat was great. The graphics were great. I played through a Final Fantasy game, which I never would have expected before. So, like, I will give them props for that. Final Fantasy 16 had its moments. I will it's I amazing. will say this. Very rarely when a game, like, jumps the shark in the way that, like, Mortal Kombat did, uh-huh. or I think Final Fantasy uh-huh. 16's plot did, very rarely mm-hmm. do I, like, get angry about it. Uh-huh. In Final Fantasy 16, I was so angry. Because I was like, you set up... Such a fucking cool world and story mm-hmm. for yep. so long to throw it yep, in a yep. trash can? <laughs> like, what the fuck were we doing for the past 20, 30 hours? Why would you do that? But here's the thing that's so frustrating. Even in that second half, you get small glimpses of, like, that first half. Oh, yeah. Where it is the more interesting. Yeah, oh. It just it reminds you of, like, remember how this mm-hmm. used to be really cool? And every time yeah. I would be like, oh, my fucking God, this game. Why are we doing this to me? So, yeah, Mortal Kombat, I just was like, yeah, I mean, this sucks, mm-hmm. but whatever. Final Fantasy 16, I would get actively mad every so often playing it and it was really funny because my girlfriend was like do you even like this game you keep (laughs) playing it and i was like yeah why do you ask that and she's like because you keep being like i want this to be over and i was like well i do want it to be over Mm -hmm. it was really great Uh in the beginning and it's still fun to fight things i just don't like when the plot happens now Although there, it didn't make my top three, but there was that uh, naked uh, mama moment. Naked I mom, that is a solid moment. I also did not yeah. spoilers. I put no Final Fantasy <laughs> sixteen moments on mine. Although some of them mm-hmm, could have been mm-hmm. like the you know the Titan fight and things like that. Also, yeah, the ending did not. I mean, it was a moment. It it was a moment. It, I I mean, most surprising moment if we had that category the end of Final sure. Fantasy 16 would be on there because I was not expecting it. <laughs> Which I guess if you're going to go by that route, I didn't really expect them to go down the route in Mortal Kombat that they did either. So. All right. Well, that that just was sad. 
at least that at is. least for the final <laughs> fantasy 16 ending i can laugh at it and be like sure. what are we doing man that that did make me angry that, yeah that i that mean yes one, i yeah. felt the rage <laughs> then also now i just think it's funny because looking back i'm like i don't even get what they were trying to do like it, yeah, there's no yeah. reason for it to be there like it is so out of place and makes no sense uh, whatever it, we don't need to derail into the final fantasy 16 dunk cast but like no no i because like no <laughs> i kind of do now because you're an asshole you could have given me a heads up but now you're like oh that's gonna that that needs to experience that final moment well i i didn't even think about it after i beat the game because it's just one of those things where it's like whoa that happened huh why oh, why though like, yeah no i get why? it I, trust oh, me i'm just... there i'm there with you why uh, so okay, but anyway, Final Fantasy, uh, second second best surprise of the year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your number, uh, numero uno? Dave the Diver. Yeah. See, yeah. what I like about Dave the Diver is we—if you listen to the podcast where I first talk about Dave the Diver, you can hear in mm-hmm. real time you seeing Dave the Diver and being like, oh. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! It's like, <laughs> did they make this game for me? I think they made this game. Like for me. as you're reading through the description as I'm yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. it, you can just hear you being like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like oh, gradually getting more out. excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "I gotta check this out." And then it's like, "Oh, yep, I got, I got enthralled." Got and then, like, here's the thing: I, it got me, and then I stepped away, and then it got me again. I put another like 20 hours into it, yeah. so like it got me twice. Yeah, it gets you. So, no, Dave, the surprise, Dave the Diver. Diver. Yeah. It's it's so charming. Like I just even all the characters are great. You're just like mm-hmm. oh, it's it. There's just so many great things about it that I really. This is one of those games I really can't poke holes into. So yeah. Uh, great job, uh, Dave the Diver was mm, perfect. It was just such a great game. So. Yes. All right, now uh, let's let's do uh, best character. Okay. This was another one I had to apply arbitrary rules to because otherwise all of them would have been Baldur's Gate 3 characters. Okay. So I said only one Baldur's Gate 3 character. Uh, So with that in mind, number three, Sid from Final Fantasy 16. Mm. What a good character. What a good voice. What an awful thing to do to me as someone who enjoys Sid as a character. I I thought about putting him on my top three because I really liked him as a character, but like his character ruins the story, so I I couldn't do it. He's so good. He was such He's a great character. He was such a good character, and mm-hmm. how could they be like we're making this character that we know most people are gonna like, and he's so cool, and we're gonna fucking cut him down at his prime (laughs) think about how the story could have been better if sid was there with his voice the whole time i think about that regularly and ah! see i just think about like his character is where the story like falls off the rails oh i mean yes yes it is and he so like but he's so good. He's so good. He's such a charming yeah, character, yeah. and like they cast the voice so well, and he mm-hmm. uh, just is so fucking stupid. I think he's a great character, and it it just it truly bothers me that they were like, "No, we got to get rid of him. He's making this story <laughs> too good. Get him out of here." <laughs> um, 
so yeah, I, I like Sid in Final Fantasy 16. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great character. He should have been there more. Although maybe Absolutely. it's best he wasn't. Maybe they could have ruined Sid for me. I don't know. Are they, they, was looking his, at that second half, they they probably like we like him because he's part of the first half. That's probably. probably true. I mean, he did not have any naked scenes, uh, you know. <laughs> so there's, there's always the threat of that. Yes. Um, my number two best character, Saga Anderson, uh, from okay. Alan Wake. I couldn't say Alan Wake because he's he's old. He's old boy. He's sure. already been there. Although he's a sick character, I like Alan Wake. Uh, Saga is very good because she is basically like the audience surrogate for you <laughs> in Alan Wake. I feel like where like all this stuff is happening and she's just like, what the fuck is going on here? But also, she's part of the FBI, so she's like, also, I got to figure it out, though. It's weird what's right. going on here, but I got to figure it out. And I think that the way they end up tying her into the overall plot of, like, Remedy's universe and Alan Wake's whole stuff, it works very well. And I think she's a very fully realized character. I think the voice actress does an excellent job of both voice acting and just acting that character um it's awesome she 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 does a super good job her whole thing of like you know having her husband and her daughter but is the story erasing her daughter i don't know don't want to spoil alan wake for you so i won't say that but like you know that there's like that struggle for the whole story of like is is the story alan is writing changing my entire life before my eyes and i i think the way that that is played out uh, is excellent and saga is a very good character uh and my number one character from Baldur's gate three carlac she's my girl i love her if she was real i would give her a hug despite the fact that her infernal engine would sear my flesh off uh <laughs> i would give her a hug because she deserves it literally there is a scene near the end of Baldur's gate three which a lot of people probably do not get to see where carlac she basically she's a tiefling so she's one of the red devil looking people she was sold to the head devil of hell uh and they replaced her heart with an infernal engine which works fine in hell but on the surface it basically is it makes you too hot and is destroying your life more or less it's killing you okay uh there's no way to fix it but at the end of the game, she basically realizes if you didn't do certain things to change her into a mind flare and several other things, uh, she's like, I'm going to die. And there is a scene where she comes to terms with the fact that she is going to die. It is one of the best acted scenes I have ever seen in a video game. I think Wow. of her crying on this dock and then one of the oh, it's such a good scene. One of the other characters is like, you will not die. I will not let you. We're going to go back to hell right now and it's going to suck, but I'll be there. So it will suck less and you won't die and we'll find a way to save you. And I was like, oh, thank God, Will, for being like, you're stupid. You can't die. That's insane. Um she just is such a good character and she's so fun too. Like she is so happy to be out of hell that she is like excited about everything in a way that rules. 
like in the epilogue, she comes back from hell and is like, it smells so good up here. It doesn't smell like burning flesh. It's so it smells so good all the time. And she she just is a fun character. The way she reacts to everything, um, I think I think is very good. And her whole backstory is very good as well. If I was allowed to move against my rules to add other Baldur's Gate three characters, Lazelle is sick. Every character in Baldur's Gate three, because that's the game's whole thing, is having awesome characters. Like all of the companions that you get are incredible. They are incredibly acted. They are incredibly voice acted. Baldur's Gate three is the best thing. And like I, oh man, the character. I will never forget these characters. But Carlac is the best one of them all to me and that that's what i got um my number three uh turkle from star wars jedi survivor you know who i had on my list so i tried to keep this updated uh like as i went on I, I when I came back to this document, Scuva Stev was one of my, <laughs> he was on yeah. my list, which is still he could uh, he's so good. But yeah, uh, Turgle. Yeah, uh, I will admit part of it is just the probably more than just part is just the voice actor. He's got Raz's voice so, actor. Raz, yeah, I was like, oh man, Raz. We, <laughs> more games need Raz's voice actor. I also that's what I learned. Oh, from man, now that you said Turgle, I all of the scenes with Turgle are so fucking good in that game. Uh, yeah. Where he's just like, I'm yes. gonna go do this thing, and you're like, that's dumb, Turgle. Don't do that's that. A, yeah, that's a bad idea, Turgle. <laughs> bad, bad idea, Turgle. But so yeah, scary. I just love Turgle and just like every moment Turgle was in. Yes. Um, my number two was Clive from Final Fantasy 16. Mm-hmm. I, by the end of the game, I just, I, I was surprised at how much I liked Clive. Even with like how bad the story was, I, there was just something about the character that I, it was incredibly relatable. He had such a sad life. I mean, just like, God, his mom hated him. Yeah, his mom so... hated him despite the fact that he had mm. cool magic. He was like essentially branded yeah. as a slave. Like it was a little, yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, and like like losing his dad, like his life would have been so much better if his dad was around. I mean, but like there was just something about that character that they they somehow wrote a terrible story, but a great character, <laughs> and like multiple great characters with Clive, and then like Sid. We said, yeah. uh, I don't know, uh, like I, I was just blown away that I ended up really liking Clive. And then my number one, Dave from Dave the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love Dave. He's oh so good. God. I love in the beginning he's, when everyone is dumpstering him, and he's like, oh yeah, but I'm what. I can't think of the name, but you know, like when you're on the ship and then you can like call whoever's like, whoever drives the ship, yeah. that guy who will like, oh, you can call him when he's on the ship and the guy won't answer. And Dave will just be like, oh, I guess he's busy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, just like, uh, I also special shout out. I can't think of his name, but the chef. Oh, um, oh my God. I had it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's a he's a great character as well because like he just like he's such an a- great angry black guy 
Oh, it, it just like every character has so much charm, and there's just something about Dave, especially like because you're just playing as a big fat guy who has a goatee, and he's the the scuba diver, and you're like, this shouldn't work, but like everything about this game, just like it just works, it just it, it just it comes together in just this perfect way, and Dave is just the character. I I really think like in a couple years, I'm gonna think back to this year and like Dave the diver, and just Dave is going to be like a big standout. Yeah, uh, Boncho. So that's why I was like, is the Boncho? Yes, Boncho. But yeah, Dave, my favorite character of uh, 2023. Mm-hmm. All right, do you want to do moment or story? Which one do you? Th- I think moment's like a bigger spoiler. Yeah, so, so we'll do, do story first story mm-hmm. okay uh I, so i think the best story like i haven't played which is probably for me is probably going to be alan wake but i haven't finished yeah so I yeah, yeah. Like that. mm-hmm. um so my number three best story was uh spider-man 2 i that game is great it just works the the plot of going between Miles and Peter, where Peter's whole thing is like having Harry come back and trying to deal with that, uh, getting the symbiote suit, you know, dealing with the consequences of that. Whereas Miles' story is more like, I don't know, it's like more subdued, you know, like he's trying to balance being Spider-Man, but also like having to get into college. And I I just think that the way his whole or even the larger thing, uh, Mr. Negative killed his dad. Right. And he, right. him trying to deal with that. I think that to me, though, that is like the best arc of this game is him coming to terms with Mr. Negative. I fucking love that part. I think it is so well executed and well done. And the uh, man spider-man 2 but then when it, you know it also has those big moments when it comes together when they peter and miles are working together to take down uh venom when he becomes a threat i craven's whole thing with his family and the way he is a fucking psycho and he kills like half of the spider-man villains off in this game i mm-hmm. uh, i think there's so many different threads but i think they all come together into something cohesive and It's not like I think people use Spider-Man three, the movie as a reason why comic book things should not have a ton of villains all at once because it failed so miserably and having the hobgoblin and venom and Sandman, it just became into like an amalgamation blob mess. This proves that that's not the case. If you do it well, you can do it. The, The fact that there are so many different characters and so many different villains being juggled, it works. And I think this game is awesome. I cannot wait for the inevitable third game uh, to see what goes on there. Also, I, you know, I said I wouldn't really talk about that leak. There is another smaller scale Spider-Man game that is going to come out before Spider-Man three. I think that game, I think that game will be awesome as well. So, okay, cool. um, Yeah. I, I love the story of Spider-Man two. Thinking about it still makes me happy that, it might be the game where I had the most moments where I like wanted to get up and cheer about how sick <laughs> it was. Uh, it just made me hype on like any other game this year. I think um, my number two best story, Alan Wake two, man, Holy mm-hmm. sweet Jesus. T- t- tying it in with the control universe, 
trying to tie it in with the upcoming Max Payne remake, trying to tie it in with Quantum Break, despite the fact that you don't own the fucking rights to Quantum Break. It, it It's so awesome. I love their connected universe. And what I also love about it is you don't have to have played any of those other games for the connected universe to work. There can still be elements of control and it can make sense. There can be elements of these other things and it can make sense. And that's fine because Alan War Alan Wake's world is a world about other works of fiction because he's writing works of fiction. It is meta in a meta way. It works so well. That's why the FMV fits in. That's why everything actually works together. The fact that there are narrative reasons for this game's style to work are incredible. Um, the end of this game, incredible. I will not say, because you've not gotten there. All I know is I have almost booted up Alan Wake 2 to play through New Game Plus to see the new ending several times this okay. week, because I want, I need to know. People say it's crazy, the implications of the, this new secret ending. Uh... I'm so excited. I I personally cannot wait for literally anything else Remedy will ever do. And what I will wow. say is they this game should not have existed. It should not have existed. The way this game is and the budget it took them to make it, it should not exist. And it probably will never exist in the same context again because now Epic is no longer funding games like this. Uh, and this game did very, very badly financially. Oh, that's so. It just—it's so good, though. I like from a critical perspective, and I—I I think the story is so neat. Even if you just take it straight and don't look at all the like meta stuff, I think it's a really cool way to play out the story. The fact that it is a sequel to a game that was like pretty mediocre is hilarious, also. Ah, oh, it just it works so well. Alan Wake Two, it makes me so happy. Chef's kiss, and then the number one best story, no questions asked. Baldur's Gate Three. Mm. It's got infinite infinite stories in it. People could play through this game fifty times, and it would be different. Uh, your actions. A lot of games tell you your actions matter and will affect the story, and most of the time, that is just like. An illusion and Baldur's Gate 3, it is not an illusion. The way the ending played out for me was so drastically different than the way it played out for Nigel, the only other person I talked to who finished it. It was crazy. It was like we played different games, essentially. Different characters were alive at the end, different characters were in various states of being. The end of my game, maybe one character was a god. And in his game, they were not. And that plotline never even came up. It just so many different, really compelling characters work together to make an incredibly memorable experience. Um, sure, it helps that this is the third one of these. I do think that it stands on its own as someone who never played Baldur's Gate one or two. Uh, it it works. I may not have caught all the references to Baldur's Gate one and two but that's fine i was able to live with that i'm good uh it's just so there's so much there's so much to this game weaving in and out the whole aspect of you being tadpoled by a mind flayer 
with the threat of possibly becoming a mind flayer at any moment really works well. Um, the way you can utilize the mind flayer's powers through the tadpole to like influence people is really neat and it works really well. Um, and in the end, it's like not, it's really weird because it's not like some incredibly new and interesting story. It is basically like you're trying to save the world. It's like a pretty generic thing, but all the side quests you go through and all the people you meet to get there are what really make it. Um, And it's awesome. I hope they make DLC for this game, but like I said, I don't know how you could do it because of the differences in people's endings that I have gotten. Some characters that you want to focus a DLC on might be dead. So like, I don't really know how you, I don't know how you thread that needle, uh, but I do hope that they continue to support it. They have supported it with many huge patches, dozens and dozens of bug fix patches. It's, it's something special, I think. Um, so yeah, number one story, Baldur's Gate three. Okay. Um, my number three, I, I went with dead space, the remake, mm. because I really like what they did with the story. They, they, they changed it. They they really just kind of made it feel... The first game felt very disjointed, the story, when you really look at it. Uh, where this, it just, like, it flows together. It Like, they, they made it so, like, the ship is just all connected. So you can just kind of, like, by the end of the game, you can literally walk from one end of the game, the ship, to the, the other. Where in the first one, it was very linear. Uh, so I, And just the way they, they added some... Um, they added like uh, side missions and just like the way they did it, you just kind of flesh things out and they just made all these little small tweaks to the story that I think just made the game just an overall better experience. So uh, it's not an incredible story, but I, I, I just appreciate the small little touches they made to the story that just kind of just made it a better story. Uh, my number two was Star Wars Jedi Survivor yeah um yep that was just speaking of like you said like moments that like just made you stand up and cheer this was another game that just had me just go like holy shit holy shit just so many great moments um one of them is not going to be on my my best moments and it's just like the turn of one of the characters at the end i did i i was so close to having that on my list but i ended up liking the other ones more but that yeah, that is still to me the most surprising moment of the year, probably because yeah. they build it up that they're going mm-hmm. to betray you. And it's like, oh, yeah, obviously they're going to betray you. But then when they do and then when mm-hmm. they describe what they are and what they did, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. sorry, oh. run that one by me again. <laughs> like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's not a surprise that he, like, did he betrays you. No, it's like, like it, they built how, up to that for it, so long. Uh, yeah, but then how but he like, did how and he why, does, and you're yeah, like, what the yeah. fuck? How did you keep this it, a secret from me? His background, like, oh, my God. It's just like, it was just like, yeah. they they, they And then that happens, I was like, I have to finish this. Yeah, game. that was like, one I of my biggest, finish. like, what the actual fuck are you talking oh. about? Like, I stood up and was like, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> walk around the block. I don't understand what just occurred. 
Uh, it was just this mind shattering moment. Yeah. So yes. Um, uh, it was a it was a game of of like just it's a moment like that. Yeah. It kind of like how the original God of War was, at least not the original, but I should say like twenty eighteen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where it's a game of moments like the story like when you kind of lay it out it's nothing special but like that has just so many great moments so like star wars jedi survivor i even really like the first half where it is just like slow because it it just kind of fits where cal is in his life right now where he's just like he's just kind of stuck spinning his wheels and like he's trying so hard to, to to make changes and do good but like he he's not able to do so and like and it does make it so, like, the story's not going anywhere, but I, I think it, it just narratively fits for the game, so. No, yeah, I, I I have infinite good things to say about the plot of Jedi Survivor. It, like, yes, uh, I think that a lot of people I have heard talking about it, like, didn't like it in the same way we did, and were like, oh, I like the first one better. I, I cannot understand that sentiment. I literally cannot because the plot is so much better in this one. Like in the first one, it's like they're introducing those characters and most of them are like essentially a cardboard cutout. Like they have like no true arc or personality other than like maybe Marin who like actually gets an arc. But in this one, like they make Cal a full ass real character. And like what you were just talking about, like the issues he is having at the beginning and the struggles he is going through, like they Mm -hmm. make him very relatable as a character. I think they do a lot to further him as a character. And even like then the relationships of like that he has with Marin um, and Seer and uh, Grease, Mm -hmm. they just they all are so much more fleshed out characters in this game that like, yeah, I don't know. I just think they did a really good job overall of the, the whole thing. And, and let's be honest, I think the moments in this game are way better oh, than the moments in the first one. Just infinitely better, yeah. I mean, I still, I think that the Darth Vader part of the first game, I will I will never not think that is like one of the greatest moments in all of video games. But that's okay. because I love the way they actually portrayed Darth Vader, the way he's supposed to be portrayed. But yeah, I do agree with you largely that this game is like, almost everything is better about it. In terms of like yes, so. g- gameplay level design, the, the whole the whole thing, yeah, yeah, it's a. It, it, I, I'm excited for the third one. Yes, it, it, I. And also, let's be honest here: the first one came out half cooked. This one came out, and it was like it felt like a finished. Product, so. uh, I think this one came out three fourths cooked. It, the PC version didn't work. Better. <laughs> okay, I. I didn't play the PC. Yeah, the PC version did not work at all. And they had to, like, issue numerous apologies. So maybe the next game, they'll finally get it. Maybe. Hopefully. (laughs) They'll actually let it fully bake. Uh, and then lastly, my uh, my favorite story was uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2. No, I thought... For for pretty much the reasons that you mentioned. I thought you were going to say Final Fantasy 16. No. (laughs) Nope. Yeah. Thank. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, Marvel's for as I said the reasons you mentioned. I mean, I they interwove those two characters in a way that like I don't like GTA. GTA. Uh, what was it? Five. Yeah. They tried to do that and it didn't nope. quite click. But I, I. I. Oh my God. This. This did like the bouncing back back and forth between these two characters. Uh, it just it worked and 
Um, and, and they're both going through their different struggles. And it's just interesting to see those different struggles. And I even really just like the, the softer moments of this game. It almost reminded me of like Uncharted 4, where you're just like, you're just riding a bike as Peter at one point uh, with like his, like his best friend and reconnecting with his best friend. So like, uh, I, I just appreciate a lot of things they did with this game. And I'm really kind of intrigued where they're going to take the third one. Cause like, the way they leave it off, it almost feels like Peter's stepping back and letting Miles take over as, like, the main Spider-Man. Obviously, that's not going to go over well in the third one, and Peter's going to get pulled back in. But, like, I, I, I'm excited to see where they take this story. Mm-hmm. Um, so, nope, that's uh, that's my top three. Uh, so, uh, we'll end with a best moment. Uh, yeah, so best moment slash sequence. I will put a spoiler uh, thing here, especially if your name is Nukio. Just stop <laughs> listening right now because you're playing through the game that I'm about to spoil right now. So, And I okay. also think this is a very important moment that you should witness. So turn off the podcast. It's over for you. Um, anyways, my, my number three moment is from Sea of Stars, uh, which is just just an excellent game hello, whoa hello moto uh i lost my train of thought shit sea of stars um, there is a point in this game where one of the characters much like in chrono trigger sacrifices themselves for the greater good and it is really just a very upsetting moment and it drives all the characters towards the end right and so you have one less right. character because they sacrifice themselves. Then you beat the game and the game basically says like, Hey, go collect all of these rainbow conch shells. If you haven't collected them all you do. And then you are given the chance to go back to the moment where Garl sacrificed himself to save him. And you save him and then uh, it completely changes the entire ending. You're able to go back and beat it again. And they actually like, it's so well done. I, I was not expecting that you would be able to resurrect him and the way it is done, I think is incredibly just well executed. Um, And it's just rules because then most of the characters get their best friend back and there's just a bunch of really good scenes resulting from this of like everybody being able to go to have like a dinner together to celebrate the fact that they actually saved the world and things like that and it just it works really well uh i i remember when we played chrono trigger and there was like that moment and you were like this is why i love this game. this is why i love that's why i love video games (laughs) Yes, and, and it sounds like it, it, this is a very similar moment to, to to that moment. It is for sure. It is very much like reminiscent of that, and like they took inspiration from that. Um, it it just yeah, it works. So that's awesome. Yeah, it works really well. Um, another arbitrary rule that I made on here was I was only going to have one from each game. Otherwise, this could have been three Tears of the Kingdom moments. Okay. Uh, my number two, though. Do you care if I spoil Tears of the Kingdom for you? No, I did almost put uh, spoilers. It's not on this the the title. Card. I that was I one of that was one of mine. Else. But okay, so 
Spoilers for everyone. But no, I'm probably I'm not gonna. I I played Tears of the Kingdom. I liked what I played of it, but I'm more than likely not gonna put another fifty hours. Yeah. So most people, what I think is a crime, is that most people don't finish this. Have not finished this game because they're like, oh well, I ended up playing like a bunch of hours and I got my fill and like I just didn't go and do the ending. Mistake. I will say that the end where you fight Ganon is maybe one of the best like hour, hour and a half I've ever had in a video game. But that's not what I have on wow. here. I have when Link re-gets the Master Sword. When you, in the beginning of the game, Ganondorf, he fucks up the Master Sword. It's no good. And then Zelda disappears and you don't know what happened. Throughout the game, you are you know you're looking for a way to restore the master sword and get it back you finally after you do a bunch of things have a mark on your map of where the master sword is and you are like i'm going over there you're like i'm pretty sure it should be right here where is it open the map different place you're like what the fuck is going on and then you realize that it's constantly moving and when you catch up to it you realize that what you are following is a white dragon. Oh. And when you get onto the white dragon, you realize that in its head is the hilt of the master sword. And you get on the dragon and you pull it out. And it's the same as whenever you get the master sword. It's a really cool, good moment. But the context of how that got there is what seals the fucking deal. Zelda got sent back in time at the beginning of this game to when the like original Ganondorf was attacking Hyrule. The only way she can get the Master Sword back to you is by sacrificing herself to become a dragon and live eternally as a dragon. Wait, she's the dragon? She's the dragon, dog. Oh! Zelda becomes an immortal dragon and loses her personhood so that she can live and bring the Master Sword back to Link in modern day. It's so sick! It's so sick! And you pull that out, and you realize you put all that shit together, and you're like, damn, girl you did that for me and you saved the world. And I just like, when it all comes together, I think it is just like a fucking incredible moment where you're like, holy shit, this dragon is Zelda. Like it, it blew my mind open and just like realizing that the master sword was moving and seeing that it was on the dragon is like fucking incredible. It's so good. Tears of the kingdom is awesome. Anyways, that's my number two moment. My, okay. my number one moment is from Alan Wake 2. And because you have not got there yet, I am not going to say exactly what it is. But okay. it takes place as Alan Wake. And when it happens, okay. you will know. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you're going to say? That's all, I can, wow. that's all I can say. So you didn't, okay. you didn't watch the Game Awards, right? No. Okay. People who watch the Game Awards, y'all know what I'm about. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Okay. Don't watch the Game Awards, okay. Matt. Uh, okay. I, so when the Game Awards 
did, uh, paid tribute to this sequence. I both thought it was incredible and was sort of upset because if people had not played the game, it would not be as surprising as when it happened in game. Uh, It was so good to me. I was very excited. Also, Sam Lake is out there saying that they almost cut this. I no way. I can't imagine a world where they cut it. It's so funny and the context at which it happens in the game and the fact that it works also is kind of buck-ass wild. Um, I, hopefully you have seen it by uh, the time we do our game of the year next week and then we can, okay. we can talk about it. But I, I won't spoil it because I, I think it is one of the moments in the game where I was not ready for it and it happened and I was just smiling and laughing and was like, what the fuck? Okay. What the fuck is Alan Wake 2, man? Uh, okay. So yeah, you'll you'll know. It's a very Remedy-ass sequence. <laughs> sure. <laughs> as soon as it occurs, you'll be like, okay, this is probably what Manny was talking about. This should make... This is mm-hmm. what this is why. Okay. Remedy. I will text you... Remedy is... You should to go moment. to jail for this sequence also, I will say. Okay. Okay. It's 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 a really similar to the ashtray maze in uh control. I'll say that. So Okay. Uh yeah. It's it's wild, but it was it was definitely my number one best moment. It was also my number one surprise moment outside of the betrayal and Jedi Survivor, just because I was like I you couldn't have paid me to predict this was in this game. Couldn't have paid me. Also also like most surprising uh final fantasy 16 well that's the ending the naked mom scene there's a lot of surprise going on there that was shocking (laughs) most disturbing most disturbing moment well that's that's another like wait what (laughs) (laughs) like oh this is naked mom all right Uh, uh, okay Uh, all right Uh, so those are my best moments what do you got mm -hmm. My number three is not a scripted moment. It was actually just a gameplay moment. And that was when I was playing Resident Evil 4. I remember describing this on the podcast. It was the parry moment where I I, I, I was fighting an enemy. They went to attack me. I parried their attack and I started reloading my gun. As I'm reloading my gun, like I must have been like under something because an enemy dropped down right in front of me. So I'm, I'm reloading the gun. They go to attack me. I have to parry their attack. I start reloading the gun. And then as I'm doing so, the other, the first enemy attacks me. So I have to parry them. I finally finish uh, uh, reloading the guns. And then it's just like headshot, headshot, both dead. And I was like, this is one of the coolest moments I've ever had in my life. Where I, like, I literally parried like four times in a row, two headshots, and they're done. I was just like, oh. It's just like it was just like it was so badass and it was so cool and it was like during my fourth playthrough and it just like it was like this is why I just keep playing through this game is because it just has these moments that are these unscripted gameplay moments of like why video games can be so much more unique than like movies or TV show is that I'm interacting I created this moment like the the video game didn't necessarily do it like I did it mm-hmm. and like it was just like this is why video games are awesome it's like moments like this yeah. Uh, my number two is uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. The da- the Dagon the Dagon what is Dagon Gera Dagon Gera like that fight when he just like he's like yo I'm badass and just lifts you onto the ceiling. <laughs> I was just like I, 
I I trounced him in the gameplay fight. Yeah. Like that part wasn't. But like, oh my god, that moment was just like this. This is just awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's no reason to do this other than like, yo, I'm badass. Yeah. And I I just I just loved that sequence. And I remember talking about it on the podcast when that happened. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I there's just something about that sequence that just like I just loved it so goddamn much. And then my number one, I'm a little surprised you didn't really have any Spider-Man moments. It's when you play as Venom and then you just straight up kill Kraven. You just like I was I just did not see that coming. So at all. like the way he just Oh, sorry. Uh, I was going to say, I think this year had infinite moments that I could have yeah. put on this list. Mm-hmm. Mine would have yeah. been from Spider-Man when uh, you go to Craven's like Coliseum as Miles and you have to work with Mr. Negative to escape. That would have right. been mine from Spider-Man. Okay. But, yeah. I, I just didn't expect to play as Venom at any point during this game, like as the villain. And then like we played through the, this game and Craven was just killing everyone. Yes. It, with ease. And then Venom just kills Craven with ease. It was just like, fuck, Venom is just like... I'm when he mood. bites his head off, you're like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah. They let them do that in this game? Yeah, it was it was just shocking that I was just like, holy shit, Venom is on another level. Yeah, so, yeah. yes. Um, nope, those were uh, my top three uh, moments of the year. It, it, it was a great year for video games. It was. Man. It was a very and good we year have, for video we games. We haven't even done our top ten. I know. Um, but, like, oh my god, it was a great year for video games. And honestly, I didn't even play some of the biggest ones. Um, so, But I, I still loved this year, and there are just so many... Oh, man, there... I'm going to have regrets of not playing some of the games, but it, it is what it is. And, mm-hmm. uh, now, I... I'm excited for 2024 because I, I, video games are only getting better. So Yeah. Um, and this next week, we will be doing our top 10 game of the year podcast. Um, yes. I'll have to talk with you more about when you are free, but Nukio has basically said he will be there, uh, which okay, I guess cool. means to the audience, if you want to hear two people go absolutely ham about how sick the ending of Tears of the Kingdom is, You'll be able to do that because let me tell you what, when I got to the end of that game and I was texting him about the Ganondorf fight, we were both like, this is the sickest shit that's ever happened. What the fuck is, what the fuck? Uh, anyways, the end of Tears of the Kingdom. Very good. Top notch. Uh, but yeah, he will be there. He is currently playing through Sea of Stars, which is good. He said he'll be done in theory by the time we do the podcast which maybe next saturday if you are not busy and he is not busy but i don't know we'll see yeah i should be free okay uh but yeah sometime next week either on the 30th or the 31st probably that will go up and you'll be able well we could do sunday we could do sunday or monday is there a Monday? monday i don't well, Monday will be New Year's Day. That's true. We could do that as well. But we'll see. It depends when everybody is free. I don't necessarily know everybody's right. uh, schedule. So, um, But yeah, we'll be having our uh, top tens. And let me tell you, this year, I'm having a tough one. I'm having a tough one. Because sometimes I'm like, uh, I should cut this game. And then other times I'm like, no, but it's my precious child. It can't be cut. And I'll cry. It's an easy year to make a top ten list. It's, it's, a, it's a hard year to like dwindle it it's a hard year for me to do it yes i can't kill any of my children i love them all 
I, we could easily do a top 15 or top 20 this year. I will let you know ahead of time, everyone, Mortal Kombat 1 did not make the cut. So, <laughs> sorry. What? I know. It's tough. It's tough out here. Uh, but with that, um, we will catch you guys next week with our Game of the Year podcast. As always, the theme song is Sting Operation by the band Anamanaguchi. Excellent chiptune band. You should check them out. And we'll be back next week. Peace out.